you're more yourself, good and bad. And I don't mean it's bad to, to shove information, but you don't stop and think of your spouse so much as a separate entity because you would never walk into your boss's office and just blurt. You would say to your boss, is this a good time? <laughs> This week, you're stressed, your spouse is stressed. Dr. Noelle Nelson tells you how to deal with your spouse's work stress. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this podcast, you know we love our wine club, and we're going to shamelessly plug it again. This year, our wine club partner, Touring and Tasting, is celebrating their 20th anniversary and are offering special deals and discounts on top of their already existing deals and discounts throughout the year. We love the Hitched Wine Club because it's a monthly reminder to slow down and reconnect. Yes, date night ideas are included with each shipment. We have several different levels of the wine club, from the happy couple of marital bliss to soulmates and happily ever after. Right now, you can join the happy couple wine club level with your first shipment 50% off, bringing the total to under $25. And the shipping is always free. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Visit hitchedmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of hitchedmag.com. I am joined once again with the always fabulous Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. So Noelle, for those tuning in for the first time, is a relationship expert, popular speaker, and author of many best-selling books. Her most recent relationship book is Your Man is Wonderful. Today, we are going to talk about coping with your spouse's work stress. Um, you know, most, most families, when you look at the statistics, most families are dual income earning families. And we all have our own stress at work and it's inevitable that we'll bring some of that uh, home and the repercussions of that stress hit our spouse. Um, you know, and our spouses have their uh, load of work stress, whether it's uh, inside or outside the home, you know, we can throw um, stay at home parents in this category because there's tons of stress. Uh, sometimes uh, regularly more than some people experience in the workplace. So how do we cope with our spouse's work stress um, and how we do that uh, is as important as coping with our own. And so could you give us an example of being able to cope with your spouse's work stress, Noel? Sure. Because as you said so accurately, uh, Steve, is both partners are going to have work stress. I don't care if it's work or kids, same diff. Um, so for an example, let's say this is a dual income earning family. You've had a rough day at the office. Mm -hmm. And when your spouse com comes home, she's had a rough day at, a, at the clinic she works at, okay? So you start right in. You tell her how awful your boss was today and that one of your accounts fell through and on it goes, the coworker, blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, your spouse responds with, what an egomaniac the surgeon she works for is and, and how she got blamed for his mistake. So you continue with, oh, you think that's bad. Well, here's what else happened today. And you both end up one-upping each other with how much more miserable you are than your spouse. 
which frankly leads absolutely nowhere in terms of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Because both of you are eventually going to wind down, right? And both of you are going to be grumpy the rest of the evening. As well as probably upset with each other, I would guess. Well, yeah, because you, as the husband, for example, you think your wife is horribly unsympathetic. And your spouse thinks that you, the husband, are a selfish jerk, only thinking about himself. And so, you know, that, that's not exactly a recipe for happy couples night. Mm -hmm. So is the answer to just hold it in, not talk about what stressed you in the day? I mean, that that doesn't sound like what marriage is supposed to be about. And it sounds a, lo a little bit phony, I, I think. Oh, it's extremely very phony. I mean, okay. that's, that's so the right word for it. No. And besides, Hitched Mag is all about what? Honest communication, right? That's right. Uh, and if you're not sharing with your spouse what hassled you that day, well, that's not honest communication. So, But there are ways to share. And that's really what we're talking about in today's podcast, Steve, and not the least of which is to understand there is a give and take involved. Sharing is exactly what it sounds like. It is, according to the dictionary.com, the <laughs> joint use of a resource or space. The joint use of a resource or space. It is not a one-way street. So, what sh sharing starts with is, in this case, listening. Okay. I mean, we've, we've tackled this before, right? So listening that some people might not think that makes sense. Um, I mean, isn't sharing about give and take? Yes. And the give part is listening. Okay. Okay. I mean, even if you both come home with war stories, start by giving. In other words, Put your woes, your work stress of that day on the back burner and genuinely listen to what's been going on with your spouse. See what most of us do? I mean, I've been as guilty of this as anybody, which is you don't listen to see when they're finished so you can jump in with your own tale of woes. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what we do. You know, you're just kind of hanging, you know, right? Yeah. And the second there's a pause, it's like, oh, well, let me tell you about. But listening, just literally listening without an attempt to fix, which is the other thing that many of us are guilty of. And I know traditionally we say men are more likely to want to fix, but I'll tell you, I confess, I'm a fixer. And if somebody comes to me and says, oh, I had this horrible day, my boss did, and I'm, I'm, I'm right there with, oh, well, did you blah, mm -hmm. blah, and I'm going to try to fix it, you know? But what you want to try to do is listen without an attempt to fix. And all you need to at that point, do, quotes unquote, is maybe nod or say, mm-hmm, something just very benign and neutral so that your spouse knows you're there. You're not drifting off and you're certainly not texting or doing anything else. Oh, yeah. You're just, you're there, you're present, but you're not, at this point, you are literally listening. I, you, you're, you're so right about when, when people listen to their spouse they are as soon as as soon as a problem arises a lot of times they will immediately begin to think about the solution as opposed to continuing to listen to what they have to say and we are in this constant uh i just feel like this is part of us being in a hurry 
in general. And I and I, I don't know if this is I don't think this is a, a new phenomenon, but I feel like it perhaps is a little bit worse because time is probably the most important commodity that we have these days because we pack so much into our days that when somebody says something to us, we immediately want to like uh, expedite the conversation. Whereas we would be better served if we listened to its entirety and then give gave thought to what they had said and then worry about the solution later, as opposed to immediately jumping to those solutions. I think that's a, a very astute observation, Steve. And in addition to the fact that, yes, in a sense, time is speeding up um, for all of us, there is the, the pressure factor. In other words, if you've been stressed what you're beyond your normal capacity to, to deal with it, because that's really what we're talking about here. If you've been stressed, you will feel it as pressure. Mm. And just like a pressure cooker needs an escape valve in order not to blow up, When people are stressed, what they want is an escape valve. They want some relief. And the easiest, quickest, uh, usually least harmful place to release pressure is with your spouse. Because your spouse, yes. Yeah, I was just going to say that is such a great point. And I love the analogy too, because sometimes you you don't need the fixing, you just need the pressure to be relieved a little bit. You can fix it yourself if right. just given some time. You just need to blow off a little steam. Correct. And the and since and when you've got both people in the couple, both a husband and the wife, feeling that pressure, it's hard to wait for your spouse to release a little bit of theirs before you release a little bit of yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, so it's, what I'm asking of everybody here really is a bit of the old rise above. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it, it's interesting, too, because I know there's a lot of times it's it's happened to me and I'm sure it's probably happened to everybody listening to this podcast where there have been incidents, things that have happened to me or um, interactions that I've had where my immediate first thought is, oh my God, I cannot wait to tell my spouse about this. Or I, you know, or it might've been something that's been ongoing and this is the resolution or this is the the peak of whatever conflict w- was brewing. And my first thought is, I can't, I have to tell them this and when I get home. And I can only imagine that if I've, if I had that thought and I came home and I started to tell them and they just dozed off or interrupted constantly or wanted to offer their take before I was able to get it all out, how frustrating that would be. Yes. And you know what people don't realize, Steve? And this has been shown, unfortunately, I don't have the names of the studies with me, but it's been shown that hurrying things actually slows them down. In other words, if you because of the quickness of the pace of our lives and you just want to get it out and get it, you know, get done and move on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Unfortunately, the emotional component of that is going to be usually some irritation or some frustration on the part of your spouse because they're not up for this, you know, hurry it up and get it over with thing. They, they need a little massaging or soothing or however you want to put it. And so they, then the evening itself turns into something less than favorable or desirable because people are irritated. So the hurrying actually slows everything down because now you have to deal with the aftermath of the irritation, frustration, and so on. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, uh, I'm sorry, was there, was there more to add there? 
Well, just that you're much better off doing the listening thing, which takes maybe mm, a minute longer, maybe a minute and a half. But then you're not wasting 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes later over the aftermath, if you will, of not listening. That's a good point because and it happens a lot where we try to do things uh, and take I don't want to call this a shortcut, but, you know, taking a shortcut that winds up adding twice as much time to whatever it is that we're trying to accomplish. And and that can happen yep. when you, you, you know, like I did interrupted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so we I mean, we talked about sharing being a, a give and take. So uh, that's the give part, uh, listening, uh, giving your ear. What is the take part in this? Okay. Now this is going to sound a little bit a uh, little bit complicated if you will but it's just a matter of a couple of steps. And the first one is check in with your spouse if this is a good time to expound on what's bugging you okay. or whatever it is the pressure that you want to release. I mean it, it may seem weird to start there but you'll get a much more sympathetic listening from your spouse for yourself if you find out first is your spouse prepared to be receptive? And all it comes down to, I mean, it sounds like, huh? Too complicated. But all it comes down to is asking something like, I've got some rough day stuff of my own that I, I want to share with you. Is this a good time? Mm. That's all. Just, is this a good time? Because your spouse, and this is typical, may need some wind down time sure. before he or she is ready to be there for you in any genuine, real, supportive sense. And frankly, you're a grown-up. We certainly hope so if you're listening to this podcast. So you can wait the 10 or 20 minutes, which is all it usually takes for someone to shift gears from the outside world, if you will, to the inside world of the home and the marriage. That sounds so simple, but I also feel like that's almost kind of like next-level uh, empathy and understanding of your spouse that so many people don't, um, work on because Mm -hmm. we do, we are, I don't know if selfish is the right word, but we just, we just don't think about when we walk through the door at the end of the day, or our spouse walks through the door at the end of the day, we don't think how was their day. We want to tell them about our day. And if you just walked through the door and said, oh, I have some things to tell you, uh, you know, let me know when, when, when is a good time. It just sets it up for a more constructive conversation that you're going to have, because a lot of times we just try to like shove stuff where it doesn't fit. Um, and we try to push these conversations in, in the wrong setting or the wrong time or the wrong space. And it's never going to work. Whereas if you get their input about what would work best for them. Um, it, you know, we talked about saving time earlier. I think that would be so much more efficient and, and constructive. It is. And I think that one of the reasons we do that isn't so much selfishness, but it's that as couples are together. So, you know, not so much in the courting phase, but once they're really together, working our our way into the marriage and on from there is there's a certain 
diffusion of boundaries. That sounds very psychological. Yeah. Okay, let me try again. It's where you start to behave as if your spouse were you. Yeah. And you were your spouse. It, it's kind of weird, but you just you just assume that they you're more yourself, good and bad. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean it's bad to to shove information, but you don't stop and think of your spouse so much as a separate entity because you would never walk into your boss's office and just blurt. Yeah. You would say to your boss, is this a good time? <laughs> yeah, you drop the considerations. Well, yes, you do. And I don't think, again, I, I don't think it's so much selfish as it can be. Sure, certainly it is some of the time. But I think it's a boundary issue that we just kind of, those boundaries get fuzzy. Because let's face it, you are more one with your spouse than you are with anybody else. Yeah. I mean, there's that there's that comfort level that's that's earned uh, over oh, yeah. time. And so, uh, you know, we sometimes take that for granted uh, and forget that, oh, yeah, we are an amazing one, but we're also a two. Yes. Yes. That's nicely put. That's really nicely put, Steve. Um, and I think that when you can just just hold on just for a, a second or two to remember that your spouse is also a one I mean, a two, you know, (laughs) an individual. Yes. Then your one becomes that much more amazing. Mm -hmm. So is there anything else that we can do when uh, coping with our spouse's work stress? Well, I think just an awareness of what it takes for people to transist from work into their home life, even if it's work inside the home, it's, it's still work and home life, meaning the, the relationship life, the intimate life of the couple. And when we, we fail to recognize this, it, it gets us into trouble. So people are very different in how they make that transition. Mm-hmm. Like often, guys, this is sort of typical, will shed their work clothes, okay, sometimes right there on the floor. Um, they'll, they'll maybe roam around the internet or they'll surf channels or whatever before they can ease back into the home life. Mm-hmm. Women, on the other hand, women will tend more to maybe turn on some music, take a shower, uh, play with the cat, uh, chat with a girlfriend. I mean, we, we have different ways of doing this. Yeah. And obviously, I'm generalizing, okay? Sure. But if you just observe without, just on a normal day, observe what your spouse tends to like to do for about, mm, it's roughly usually 20 minutes, okay? Yeah. Give or take. Mm-hmm. Um on, as they as they get home, or or if it's uh, you know parental type stuff, as they sort of unwind from that, just observe what they do because you can really tell the difference. It's like a big breath gets taken, mm-hmm. and then they're ready for you. Yeah. So it, I, I was I, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's all right. It's just not the same thing for everybody. So you can't assume that because your transition is uh, I don't know. Um, uh, for me, it's immediately putting my hair up out of my face and putting on some sweats. I mean, that's just me. And I know most women don't bother with putting their hair up out of their face. Everybody's got a different way of doing it and to understand and respect that. Yeah. I, I was going to say that I know what the ritual is in my home. Uh, my wife gets home later uh, in the evening. And so I'm usually cooking dinner. So when she walks through the door, I, I, I usually greet her at the door. Um, but then I then go back into the kitchen cause I'm the one that cooks. And so she has that time 
to do the unwinding thing and change clothes and whatever else that she needs to do because I'm occupied. And so it, it works out really well because I have this space where I'm doing things, which prevents me a lot of times from jumping on her immediately as soon as she walks through the door <laughs> with whatever's on my mind, right? Uh, because I have mm-hmm. these other things going. Um, and and sometimes I will, when I greet her at the door, I'll say, oh, when you, you know, I have something to tell you, wait till you hear this. And then I let her then go do her thing because I have to tend to the stove, which actually works mm-hmm. out really well because I think I would probably have trouble with those kind of boundaries if I didn't have this set ritual of my day where I, I have to be attending to something else when she comes home. Mm-hmm. Do you have a nice natural uh, yeah. transition there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's nice. it, it works out really well. Um, well, this was fantastic, Noelle. Um, I, I feel bad because here we are talking about give and take and, and listening and not interrupting. And I feel like I interrupted you four or five different times on this episode. Um, but I want to thank you for your patience um, and, and for your time and, and information as always. Well, it's always a pleasure, Steve. Thank you. Uh, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Noelle Nelson, who is a relationship expert, popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, is the author of many best-selling books. As I mentioned at the top, her most recent relationship book is Your Man is Wonderful. She has some new business books available for the Kindle readers uh, in the Kindle app, which you can download for free on pretty much any device. Uh, Got a Bag Boss, Work That Boss to Get What You Want at Work is her most recent. You can find this information at her website, noellenelson.com you can follow noelle on twitter at dr noelle nelson she is on google plus uh, she is on facebook you can find all of this information on our website hitchedmag.com uh, if you have thoughts questions information tips ideas anything actually uh, you can reach out to us on the social platforms as well um, we are very active very responsive so we love hearing from you, uh, Facebook, Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Google+, we're, we're on all of them. So uh, if you'd like to reach out, we will be there for you. So uh, that is going to do it for us this week. So thank you one last time, Noel. Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. Clear